This is Maddie Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. hey It's a show that from time to time talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. And we are originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Widely known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you. If you want to jump in this evening, phone calls, emails, get on the YouTube chat. I don't check the Facebook chat. We'll get into that later. But if you want to jump in via phone call or email, this is how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. By the way, you can subscribe to that by hitting up the main website and going into the newsletter section. Just give me an email address, and you will receive the newsletter right around noon or 1 or 2 Eastern, depending on when I get it out. And as a thank you, hours later, after you subscribe to the newsletter, you will be gifted my very own homemade barbecue sauce recipe, which you can then make exactly like that, step by step, or just use it as a base and do whatever you feel is necessary in order to get it, you know, however you like. Use it as a merely a foundation, a suggestion, if you will. But my thanks to you with the homemade barbecue sauce. All right. It is the second Tuesday of the month. That, of course, means a visit from our standing second Tuesday of the month first hour guest, the creator of AmazingRibs.com, the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth, and he has the numbers to prove it. I am, of course, talking about Meathead. He will be joining me. We have two or three different topics to hit on right off the bat. We also have a number of Instagram and Facebook questions that were submitted that we'll go ahead and try and answer as time permits. Also, just to tease, make sure you tell anybody who might be interested in breaking news as it relates to live fire, something that happens around this time each year, very big, very breaking, and I'm going to announce a portion of that to Meathead. So I don't want to let too much out of the bag right off the bat. But if you want to tease it to your friends and neighbors, start sending them messages, let them know, hit up the website, start watching at about 12 minutes from now. Hell, tell them to start watching now. The uh, draft lottery is over, and the Pelicans are going to be picking first. 
I would imagine that means Anthony Davis has a really good shot at staying in New Orleans because it will now be Anthony Davis and Zion Williamson, unless I'm completely off base. I'm no sports guy. I'm from Cleveland. That's what you have in the first hour. So, again, tease it out there, breaking news coming up in 12 minutes that will be concerning Meathead. He doesn't know anything about it. But it will be concerning me. Then we will move into the second hour. I don't want to overstep introductions or build up or anything like that. But quite possibly, my guest in the second hour is, at a minimum, the most highly educated guest I have ever had on this show. He is an expert when it comes to whole hog barbecuing. But he is also a real-life rocket scientist working for NASA. Aeroelasticity. What is that? We'll learn all about it. We'll also be talking about some things that may or may not make you uncomfortable, namely racial stuff as it relates to the history of barbecue and grilling. So if you get uncomfortable talking about white and black stuff, It might not be the segments that you want to tune into. You might want to get it at a later date, or you just might want to hear it and see what we're going to be talking about, trying to uncover, trying to learn, all about bringing awareness to the live fire industry. And I, of course, am talking about Dr. Howard Conyers will be joining. 37-year-old rocket scientist. Oh, by the way, whole hog barbecue pitmaster. Currently residing in New Orleans, Louisiana, but a originator from South Carolina, where they obviously know how to do whole hog there quite well. So, really looking forward to Dr. Howard Conyers. And Meathead, of course. Also looking for your feedback, 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Mix in your phone calls where I can. Quick reminder, we are in the midst of National Barbecue and Grilling Month, so please make sure you are in front of the live fire cooking vessels as much as you can this month going forward. Remember, try to make it live fire cooking all year round, not just seasonal, but all year round. Send me some pictures. I'll get them up where I can show you doing your thing as we do our thing together, which is the love of live fire. Also, at the top of the second hour last week, I talked about the new 100% dry-aged Wagyu beef hot dogs from CrowdCow. That, of course, CrowdCow.com, and I have a little bit of follow-up information in that regard. Number one, I sent Joe Heitzberg an email, who is the co-founder of CrowdCow, asking about the dry age time on these beef schweens, because that was part of the rant last week was if you're going to use the term dry-aged, now we've opened up a whole new can of worms. How much dry-aging are on those wieners? So I sent him an email and said, Joe, talked about 100% dry-aged Wagyu beef hot dogs on the show, but wanted to follow up with you to see how much dry-age is on these schweens. And he wrote back an email and said, and I quote, 14 days of dry-aging, which is our current standard dry aging period, end quote. So I thank Joe Heitzberg for replying back. 14 days is the answer. 
So well under the 28 to 30 days, you'll see in a lot of steak places currently as it relates to steak, well under what my palate is currently longing for, 60, 70 days, maybe even more. But again, it's a hot dog. So what should the expectation really be? I don't know. 14 days doesn't seem all that long, but it's not a steak. It's a beef wiener. So maybe 14 days is going to add some flavor or some of that palatable, aromatic funkiness that people like on dry aging, or maybe it won't at all. I don't know, but I can tell you this, and this is part two, uh, Michigan Embedded Correspondent. John Solberg, in an effort to go even further into this story or to be a funny guy, has shipped out a few pounds of these hot dogs for me to try. So it's not going to be this weekend because I am very busy. But in the next week or two, we will put these bad boys to the test and see if there's a noticeable difference, good or bad, as it relates to your comparable wiener. There are some wiener experts that live in this house, believe it or not. So here's the thought. As blind of a taste test as you possibly can have, get it all on tape, video, and all that stuff. But once I get my hands on these wieners from CrowdCow, do a quick visual inspection, and then kind of see where the nearest Hebrew National, which is my favorite hot dog, currently measures, and then try and get a similar size wiener to the CrowdCow wiener. And now we have as close to the same wiener size as possible. Then we will get the pot of water. Then we will get it to a rolling boil. Then we will turn it off and drop our wieners into the water and slowly heat them up over the course of six to eight minutes. And once the wieners are properly boiled, we will take them out, put them on a plate, cut them up, totally unmarked. And we will consume these wieners. And we will hope, well, I don't know. What are we going to hope? Part of me wants to say, I hope we're going to be able to tell which one is the dry-aged wiener right off the bat. But I think what I want to say is we will then tell you which one tastes better to us. I don't know if we should be trying to suss out which one is the the dry-aged wiener and which one is just the regular wiener. I don't know where our expertise of wienerization is. John, that's a word for me, wienerization. So that's what you have to look forward to over the next week or so. Crowd cow wieners of the dry-aged fashion going to be hitting our stoop tomorrow. We're going to get our hands all over those wieners. We're going to inspect those wieners. We're going to get similar-sized wieners, and we're going to put those wieners to a taste test. Very much looking forward to that. Also, folks, I do have a copy in my hot little hands of... The nine folks who have made the short list of the 2019 Barbecue Hall of Fame to be revealed in portion, next segment, and into the second hour. Stay tuned for Meathead coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Three different sizes to choose from. You have an ultra-portable model, which is the Davy Crockett. If you don't have access to a traditional power outlet, don't worry. 
because you can just plug in that 12 volt adapter into your vehicle and away you go pellet fired goodness impress friends and neighbors if you are in the travel leagues coming up for softball or maybe you're still in the volleyball section you want to have a little cookout a parking lot what have you you can do it with wood pellet fired goodness and that Davy Crockett now if you want something a little bit more stationary on the patio or uh, deck if you will outdoor kitchen whatever you have Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone might be a little bit more up your alley. Jim Bowie is the big one, Daniel Boone middle size. so depending on what kind of family or what kind of parties you might be throwing, make your selection carefully there. Also, choose from the different lines, the standard line. You also have the prime line, prime line built on a little bit more of a sturdy chassis. You also have the look-ins in the cooking chamber and on the pellet hopper as well. Check out the website, see what you like. Have any questions, hit them up, greenmountaingrills.com. That's greenmountaingrills.com. They also have pellets and sauces and rubs, all the great accessories, including that pizza. Meathead from amazingribs.com. Coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue. Makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all the Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and stock up right now. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. The second Tuesday of the month brings a visit from the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website ever. I am, of course, talking about Meathead. Hey, hey, Meathead. Oh, hold on a second. I Wait, do I have you? Say something. I don't have you. Where are you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, dear. How's that? Hey, there we go. What happened? You have, yourself on, you have yourself on mute? Uh-oh. Yeah, I <laughs> muted the uh, Skype rather than uh, Facebook. All right. Well, uh, you got Facebook muted now, which is good. Obviously, you have you unmuted on Skype, so now we can hear you. And we are joined <laughs> by Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. So, Hello, Centralites. Please, uh, what are you consuming tonight? I mean, you might want to break out a bit of the bubble here in a second. Um, it's called bravado. Oh, that's appropriate for you. Oh, for you um, too. You are very bravado esque. Um, it's a a Chilean. Ooh. When red I blend. when I was drinking wine or liquor in general, Chileans were some of my favorite wines. Yeah, you're you're off the sauce now, aren't oh, you? Oh yeah, I'm, uh, almost two years Labor Day. 
Oh my goodness. Yes, well, you know, you have an event and <laughs> you figure you, some things are a little bit more important than others, Meathead. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Meathead, hey. stand by. Wait, okay, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you, uh, you know, I always uh, join in uh, via Facebook, Yeah. but um, I'm aware that you also are on YouTube and... Uh, well, I don't know how these whole things work. Is is, is do you prefer that uh, people listen, join in on YouTube to Facebook? I prefer people listen however they want, whether it's mm-hmm. through the audio only stream, whether they like the Facebook interface, or whether they like the YouTube live interface. What I can tell you is this: the biggest delineator. While I probably get more views on Facebook just because people are much more familiar on a day to day, get on Facebook yeah. and check stuff. YouTube's chat interface is way easier for me. In fact, I can pop it out and place it right on the screen so I can kind of follow along here and there. I learned long ago that if you start to follow the chat, you get lost. Guests stop answering questions and you're not paying attention. You look like a schmuck. But it does allow me to monitor the chat a little bit easier. So, I mean, if if I was a fan of mine, I would probably taking place are watching on YouTube because then I could interact on the chat there. Or maybe I could be seen with my comments by the host. So it's totally up to however is most comfortable for the watcher, listener, fan. Um, if you want to take part or you want to have a better chance of me seeing something, I would suggest going over to YouTube. Okay. In-depth answer? Too much? Yeah, no, just, uh, <laughs> hey, you got a hot show tonight. This is a really interesting show tonight. I know. We got Meathead and Dr. Howard Conyers. Yeah, Conyers is uh, going to be an interesting uh, oh, discussion. Yeah. Uh, wow. I uh, I have some interesting thoughts about that, too. I'm looking forward to hearing him. All right, so here we go. Stand by for this, Meathead, because I don't know if you are in the loop on this or not. Few people are, but of course. I have my fingers firmly on the pulse of what's happening here in the live fire world. Mm-hmm. And I have an exclusive announcement that involves you, Meathead. Are you ready? Uh, uh, they finally caught up with me. I'm oh, going. Hold on. A Barbecue Central <laughs> Show exclusive news update. This is Greg Rampy reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. And I have from confirmed sources, these are 100% reliable information I'm about to pass along to you, Meathead. Oh, God, they're going to come arrest me. That the creator of AmazingRibs.com indeed has made the final nine nominees for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. No shit. No shit. Meathead is on the final night. Now, of course... This is what I would call the short list slash rough draft. This, these nine people, you are one of those nine, Meathead, will now be disseminated across the current Barbecue Hall of Famers. They will then vote on, I guess they pick three people or so, and whoever gets the most votes, the, the three with the most votes will make up the 2019 Barbecue Hall of Fame class. So you have oh, a shit. one in nine. Sh- are my odds right? You have a one in nine shot of making it into the Barbecue Hall of Fame this year. Well, isn't that fascinating? How about you? Did you make it? Didn't make it. Oh, man. I'm not going in without you. No, let's not make any rash decisions here on tape that we would have to pull back and say, well, Mita, you got in, but you said you wouldn't. 
now well, you, you well, know, it would be you know, kind of fun if if you got in and then you told them you know what i'm going to pass <laughs> i have a feeling you probably won't pass <laughs> i'm taking rampy with me who else is on the list well i'm glad you asked in no particular order i give you the remaining eight potential nominees or or class of 2019 for barbecue hall of fame some guy named Aaron Franklin is on I've this list. I've heard of him. Meathead is on this list. Desiree Robinson is on this list. Familiar? Oh, yes. All right. Wayne Monk is on this list. Nice, nice. John Big Daddy Bishop is on this list. Familiar? Yeah, All I right. know the name. C.B. Stubblefield is also on the list. Mike, that's Stubbs, by the way, for people that don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, uh, Oh, you know what? Let me back up. Aaron Franklin, Franklin Barbecue. I don't want to just assume everybody knows. Meathead, AmazingRibs.com. Oh, yeah, sure. Desiree Robinson is uh, not originally a founder, but now a, a owner. Cozy, Cozy Corner, Corner Barbecue Restaurant, Memphis, Tennessee. What uh, a gracious, beautiful lady with a great restaurant, and nobody cooks Cornish hen better than she. Wayne Monk is uh, the founder of Lexington Barbecue in Lexington, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. John Big Daddy Bishop is the founder of Dreamland Barbecue in Alabama. C.B. Mm-hmm. Stubblefield, the Stubbs, uh, he was, uh, I think they had uh, some restaurants, but obviously you see Stubbs barbecue sauces, rubs, and marinades all over grocery stores nationwide. Uh, Michael Ray Higgins which is a founding partner of JNR Manufacturing, and that's the company that makes uh, JNR Oiler Pits. He's mm-hmm. also in. Number eight is Jim Quisenberry. Uh, from my best internet research, he was a competitor, early 80s, uh, really involved in getting Memphis and May off the ground back then when it was just a event held under a single tent, not like what's going to transpire here this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, uh, and you would know, James Lemons, which is Lem's Barbecue in Chicago. Lem's Barbecue. So those You're are your uh, eight potential uh, Barbecue Hall of Fame. Well, those are, that's the, and, so here's how it works. I might note three African Americans. Uh, uh, actually, I believe we have four. Uh, oh. Jim, we have uh, Lem's, we have Stubb. C.B. Stubblefield, uh, John Bishop, and Desiree Robinson. They okay. are all African American. Absolutely. So, um, for the folks that don't know, there is a nomination period. Then that window closes. Then the names are submitted um, to some type of a panel, I guess. And then, however many people are nominated, it's worked down into this final nine list, which is then sent out to the current Barbecue Hall of Famers, and then they are voted on. And then the top three will go ahead and be your class of 2019. So I would imagine in a month well, or that's two. A tough, that's a tough panel. I mean, there's some people that have been around. Desiree, for sure. Oh, yeah. Lem is a really interesting character. I mean, he's a classic old Southside Chicago. But it's, I don't know, it's interesting. Both Desiree and Lem use aquarium smokers. Correct. Which is a smoker that is sort of a Chicago-style smoker. Yep. Um. Uh, Lem's, you know, just one location. Um, well, it, that's not it's, true. It's, that's not true, Meathead. Um, in the beginning, uh, Lem's barbecue was actually founded by his two brothers, Bruce and Miles. Right. And then in 1968, 
the second location, which I believe is the one that's more well known now, is the one mm-hmm. that you're uh, right. You're the, right. The James actually opened up. So uh, two locations, but yeah, I mean Lem's Barbecue is a uh, is a staple in Chicago. Well, it it it's the, oh, the it's, it's just like the, the grand, quintessential gra- the grand old granddad of the um, old style southern south 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 side barbecue this the aquarium smoker for people who've never seen it is basically an open pit like you used to dig down in the delta um in the ground but the city of chicago wouldn't let you do that so they built it with um brick and then surrounded it with stainless steel and in order to capture the smoke and send it up a chimney to meet the pollution laws they put um, plexiglass sides on it so it looks like a giant aquarium but basically they throw logs in there they burn logs they sit there all day long with a hose in their hands Um, it's just a really old-fashioned pit and uh, it's a tough way to make barbecue and it's all wood fired. It's really um, fun barbecue. And Lamb's known for chicken and uh, rib tips and, and the hot links. I guess mm-hmm. is what they're really known for. So yeah, All yeah. Right. Your boy, you know your Chicago barbecue history. That's right. I try and get up on these barbecue hall of famers or potential barbecue hall of famers since the I'll list is bet now. You out, learned so. that from Harry Carey. Uh, hey, everybody. Um, so are you? Uh, you have a thirty-three percent chance of going in. So. Uh, certainly those odds are better than five or six percent how do they pick do they pick by vote i don't yes all of the current barbecue hall of famers will now vote i want this guy to go in or i want this lady to go in and then the three that have the most votes will make up the class of 2019 which i would assume we would hear about in the next month or two so the public doesn't vote no no only the current uh makeup of the barbecue hall of fame votes gotcha Gotcha. Well, I don't think I'll make it in that crowd. There's some pretty impressive people. I mean, Aaron Franklin is universally regarded. Uh, um, Desiree uh, absolutely deserved uh, a, a, a grand dame. Lem's a, a very historical person. Um, Stubbs, uh, another one. Yes. Um, uh, who else? I mean, there's some really good people on that list. I don't think you'll see me in the Hall of Fame this year. Well, the other thing that I thought was interesting is I perused this top nine list, and I don't have the one from last year right in front of me. I should have done a compare and contrast, but I don't believe anybody that was on the top nine list last year it, that didn't make it in is also a return to a top nine in 2019, oh, really? believe it or not. This is a fresh nine. That's so odd. I would I would hate to hazard a guess that if you don't get in, we might not see some of these same names a year from now. That's odd. Yes, not a, not a one, believe it or not. So we'll see. All right, so that's the great news for my pal Meathead. Thanks I wanted to share that with you. That's right. I'll drink to that. Go home uh, or go home. You're already home. Uh, make sure you tell your wife after that. Maybe get a <laughs> little honored. extra slice of pie tonight. You never know. Um, I'm honored. I thank I thank the nominating committee. Uh, it's an honor just to be considered. Boy, to have my name in that crowd, wow. That's pretty neat. Pretty impressive. No doubt. Uh, by the way, I would just like to say that I am supremely disappointed, and I'm trying to figure out if I need to be disappointed at the Centralites or if whoever's in charge of this whole nomination thing got wind that I was making a movement to get John Marcus in on the final nine list. But no John Marcus. I can't believe yeah. it. I can't believe it. Yeah. 
Anyway, John, somebody. John should be. Well, it just goes to show that there's some plenty. Uh, there's plenty of good people out there for the future. All right. So here we go. It is National Barbecue Month. Obviously, we knew that. It is also National Hamburger Month. Did you know it was National Hamburger Month, Mita? I did. Yes. I, uh, I'm, I'm eating as much of either as I can. All right. So let's talk quickly about hamburgers as we draw a close to that first segment. Best burger tips and tricks and ways of, of making not necessarily what you think is best, because we'll get into that here in a second. That's its own question. But best burger tips and tricks. Um, minimum of six ounces. Grind it yourself. Um 20% minimum fat, and if you want to push it up to 30, you oh. will not regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, do not salt the meat until the last possible minute. Um, you'll just make it into a, um, a golf ball. The last possible uh, you, minute before you put it on the cooker? You just sprinkle the salt on the exterior just before you cook it. All right. Do not mix salt into the interior. We've got some really good pictures on the site about what happens. And our good friend Kenji Lopez-Alt does a fun demonstration where he makes two meatballs, one that's been salted inside and one that hasn't, and throws them against the wall. And the one that has been salted on the inside bounces off the wall. Really? And the one that has not um, splatters into a million pieces. Huh. It's tender. It, it's the nominating committee, Meathead. Take the call. <laughs> no. Put it on the air right now. Hey, don't people know not to call you between nine fourteen <laughs> and nine forty? What the hell is going on? That's right. Is that a landline? Yeah, landline. Jeez, you I are. still I still work with a landline. You are a CEO of something. Look at you with a landline. How? By the way, yeah. um, my Skype screen is frozen. Do you know how to refresh it? I don't see your refresh button. Um, I don't. But you are not frozen on my end, so I don't want to sit here and say it doesn't matter. But. Everybody can see you on our side. On oh, wait, are you there? Oh, look what he did! He jinxed it, son of a gun! Get that big stuff out of here. Well, look what you did! All right, now I got to close that. Get meathead back here. As we're talking about burgers, I didn't have any idea that you weren't supposed to salt the burger until the very last second or i guess what i didn't know was that if you put salt in the burger meat and then you threw it up against the wall it would bounce back i mean that's it in a meatball don't you want a little bounce back or do you not do you not want a a bounce back i don't know we'll have to ask meathead here in a second hopefully we're just going to reconnect here quickly as you can see me in all various forms and fashions. Oh, dear. Says he's not there, but of course he's there. Okay. There we go. Okay, we're back at it. Now, there I was go. just uh, talking to myself as far as that whole uh, <laughs> meat meatball thing about if you salt it, it'll bounce back off the wall. I mean, do you want a little uh toothiness to a, a meatball or do you not want it to be like i think that? you want it tender and i think you want lots of gaps in there so when the fat melts they fill the gaps okay uh best burgers in your opinion are they mostly thick or are they mostly thin and crispy 
Oh, um, minimum of six ounces yeah. for me. Me, minimum right. six ounces, maximum of eight ounces. My favorite burger here in the Chicago area is made uh, at a place called Burger Antics, and it's nine ounces. And that's my only complaint. It's a little too much for me to eat. But um, and it's done on a griddle, not a grill. I prefer it on a grill. I like the open flame flavor. Um, and flip, 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 flip. So it gets nice and dark and brown on the outside. I do like a uh, diner burger, you know, which is a smash burger. Um, no problems with those. Love them crispy edges. Uh, I've, I've written extensively on AmazingRibs.com about burger technique and concepts and where to put the um, uh, the toppings. I actually prefer most of them um, uh, on the bottom. Me too. Um, you know, you have this issue here. You only have two fingers underneath and lots of fingers on top. Right. So you have to build it, um, and you have to engineer it so it doesn't fall apart. Last question before we get to break, Meathead. Uh, with the continued onslaught or popularity of the Impossible Burger or the Beyond Burger, are you a fan of, of either one of those, the uh, plant-based um, proteins? There's a very nice um, uh, Irish restaurant near me. Can you hear me? We my picture froze again. Yes, I can. All right. I, I there was a message on my screen said we had a bad connection, so one of us got weak internet. If I <clears throat> I hope I don't lose you, but I my screen is frozen. You're fine. Um, there's a really good Irish restaurant makes good burgers, and they serve the Impossible Burger version one. I guess there's a version two out that they say is better. I went in there, and I had it, and I thought it was respectable, and then I ordered it naked. Yes. Um, because, you know, when you start putting the mayonnaise and ketchup blend and right. um, all the lettuce and tomatoes, you know, that this is my problem with um, a lot of fast food burgers, and that goes for In-N-Out and uh, all the other chic quarter quarter pounders and stuff that everybody raves about. You can't taste the meat. It's just all the toppings. It's all the seasonings. I like the combination, but you just can't taste the meat. Um, uh, I had it without anything, and I thought it was dull and boring, and there mm. is no way mm. on earth I would mistake it for beef. But is that what's trying to happen? Do you think it, that they are trying to pass it off as beef or of are they or are they trying to pass it off as an alternative to beef? Both. Both. They want it to taste like they want by, with every ounce of their being for people to sit down and say I got two burgers here, one's beef, one's not, and I can't tell the difference. That's what they want. Hmm. Um and now, goodness knows I don't know why vegans want to eat something that tastes like an animal. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously it's because animals taste good. But this could also offer an opportunity for folks who are constantly hearing uh, Americans are eating too much red meat to have something that would be as uh, almost akin to a red meat option, except it's not. Now, I'm not saying it's more or less healthy than anything else, oh, that, but is it uh, red meat? It's not. It's an option. It gives you the burger fulfillment. But it's yeah. not the burger. That's clearly the motivation. Uh, there is some evidence that the environmental impact is lesser. Um, but uh, let, don't fool yourself. It is not healthier in right. the sense that the number of calories, right. the amount of sugar, um, all of those 
when you do the analysis, it is not a lot different than a regular burger uh, in, in both calories and grams of fat and all that stuff. But the environmental impact is lesser than the environmental impact of steers. We're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. We will get back to him in just one second where we will get to your Facebook and Instagram messages and questions. I'll talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. As I tell you, each and every week, established in 1882, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Offering premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow-smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, and manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu, too. All meats processed in that on-site USDA-inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options available, shipping nationwide via FedEx or through food service distribution channels like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable from research and development to package completion. They can now follow your recipes or help you develop something brand new from scratch. Private label opportunities also available. If you're not familiar with what that means, that means if you like a certain Southside Market sausage or product, you can put your own logo on that product so you know it's good already because you like it, but you can sell it under your name. That's what private labeling means. Great option, too, by the way, if you don't want to put in all that work and you want something that you know people are going to like already. Visit southsidemarket.com for more information. You can also save 10% off your entire order online when you use code BBQ Central. That's one word, lowercase, BBQ Central, for all orders online at southsidemarket.com. That's southsidemarket.com. More Meathead from AmazingRibs.com right after this. Stick around. I'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. If you have Traegers or Green Mountains or Fast Eddies or Cook Shacks, you name it. Visit CookinPellets.com to buy your wood pellets or to see what else they have there. You can also buy from Amazon.com if you want. Good folks over at CookinPellets.com. And we're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Had a little bit of burger talk. Just found out he's one of the final nine that might go to the Barbecue Hall of Fame this year. Woo! Fingers crossed. Ah. Fingers crossed. So we have some... Uh, barbecue questions and grilling questions from Facebook and Instagram and all this other stuff, but go ahead first. Yeah, you can see me wagging my yes, finger. I can. Is is Traeger a sponsor of yours? Uh, not anymore. Well, good because I want to I want to lay into them for just a minute. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, they advertise occasionally on my my website, but I'm about to kill that. Oh, I just right. was watching a YouTube video today. And Traeger, there was a Traeger ad that led into it, and it really pissed me off. Um, there's a bunch of people standing around grilling on a gas grill saying, tastes like gas to me. Oh, I like the taste of gas. It tastes like gas. That is utterly ridiculous bullshit. 
You cannot taste propane or natural gas in the food. It may have a different flavor because it doesn't have the same types of smoke. It doesn't have, but gas will occasionally taste different, but it does not taste like gas. And the implication is, is that it tastes like gasoline. And that is just a foul low blow from a company that ha that should have higher standards and greater integrity. They want to attack gas grill as the competitor. That's fine. Talk about the advantage. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, Greg. I'm, I'm doing a Greg Rampey invitation here with a rant. But I was when I was a boy, color TVs just debuted on the market. I'm that old. And my dad said, we need a color TV. And he and I went shopping for color TVs. Mm -hmm. And we went to the Zenith store. And we went to the Motorola store. And we went to the Philips store. Because there was no Best Buy. There was no one store that carried them all. And we went to all the stores. And every time we went into this, when we went into the Zenith store, they told us how bad the Motorola and the Philips uh, were. And when we went to the Philips store, they told us how bad the other two were. And you know what? We didn't buy any of them. When you compete in the open marketplace, sell your benefits and don't kick your enemy or your competition around. It only makes you look bad, especially when it's a lie and Traeger, you lie. Wow, really, Mita? Uh-oh. I, I mean, could it be that they're just trying to be a little gimmicky? And Of course they are. But it, it's, just not, it's just not right. I mean, they're, they, they're just giving taste like gas. But could that be the point where they assume you know gas has no taste and they're saying, well, these guys like stuff without any taste and the Traeger puts in taste? I'm just, I don't think so. I'm just being I devil's advocate here, Mita. I, I appreciate you um, uh, trying to think around all sides of the argument. I think they're clearly trying to tell the public that gas grills taste foul. All right. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, severing his relationship with Traeger as we speak. <laughs> they're never going to advertise on our website. All right. So we have some questions here from Facebook and Instagram. The first one is from E underscore Bloomfield, which I believe this is an Instagram question. It says, can you do proper barbecue? This is in quotes. Can you do proper barbecue without salt and without MSG? Well, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, all right. You know, a lot of I, I get a lot of questions like this because a lot of rubs contain salt. A lot of rubs contain sugar. Can you do? Can I leave the sugar out? Um, MSG, same sort of thing. Um, so let's do the salt first. Um, we're warned a great deal about salt and its possible impact on blood pressure. Um, everybody is different. Everybody's systems are different. Um, I can't tell you what's healthy and what's not healthy, but I can tell you that the rule of thumb that we teach is one half a teaspoon of kosher salt per pound or one teaspoon of table salt Per pound of meat. Now think about that. Um, quarter pounder burger is one quarter of a pound. Right. One quarter teaspoon for a whole pound. So we're talking about one sixteenth of a teaspoon of salt <laughs> on a quarter pound burger. That's not a lot. It does amplify flavor. Um, it does help protein hold on to moisture. You can leave it out but you lose those two benefits. 
you diminish flavor and you um, uh, will have a slightly greater moisture loss. So now it's still proper barbecue. I mean, I don't know what proper barbecue is, frankly. There goes my chance at the Hall of Fame. Um, but, um, uh, you know, it has benefits and it, you don't have to use a lot. Um, now, MSG. Um, this is another one. Um, glutamate, monosodium glutamate. Uh, MSG is glutamate with a free sodium attached. Um, glutamate appears everywhere, everywhere, all around us. It's really common in meats, mushrooms, cheeses, anything laden with protein, fermented foods like soy sauce, full of uh, pro uh, glutamate or glutamic acid. Um, uh, it, 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 you know, um, some people think it causes headaches. Hmm. Nobody has been ever able to prove that it actually, I mean, it, you know, you give people food with glutamate, you give another group of people food, the same food without glutamate, and you can't pin down who's getting a headache. There's no statistical difference. Um, I mean, Doritos, for example, is loaded with glutamate. Isn't a lot of stuff loaded with MSG and people just don't pay attention? Right. It's like, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm, look, at my mom says she can't eat Chinese food because of MSG, but I can give her Doritos and she'll never bat an eye. Jeffrey Steingarten, one of the great food writers of our era, once uh, talked about this Chinese restaurant syndrome. Uh, and he uh, famously said, so why doesn't everyone in China have a headache? Right. <laughs> you know, um, so glutamate is everywhere. Um, I don't I am not aware of many barbecue recipes that call for MSG um, because of the concerns, the fears unfounded. I think that people have over MSG. Um, very few recipes call for it. But if you have accent, which is uh, MSG, um, laying around and you haven't played with it, uh, or Ajinomoto, which is the Japanese uh, MSG version, you might want to play with it. You might want to sprinkle a little on a burger just before you cook or on a, 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 on a steak or <laughs> one of your uh, Wagyu dry-aged hot dogs. Um, it can amp it up. It's a really interesting thing to play with. So let me ask you, you just kind of threw that out there at the last second. Are you a, a believer in 100% dry-aged Wagyu beef hot dogs, or do you think that's more of a, of a, of a I don't want to say scam, but more of a, an, an effort to get money where you can? Um, I, you know, everything I know about uh, dry-aged hot dogs, I learned from you 30 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of it before. Oh. I, 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 by the way, last time I was on, I was, we were talking about dry aged meats a bit and I drew a blank on the company crowd cow. I couldn't remember yep. their name. I'm glad you brought them up. If people haven't heard of them, they should pay attention to this company, sign up or, uh, uh, at least get their newsletters. Um, cause they're doing some really interesting things with buying, um, high quality meats from good growers, both in this company country, and they're bringing oh, yeah. in real, real Japanese beef. Not necessarily Kobe, but it's almost exactly the same thing. Significantly different than Wagyu beef that you get in this country. And if they're selling hot dogs with 14 days dry age, 
Get me some, will you, Greg? I want to try. All right, I'll I send a package your way. We'll we'll uh, have the package headed out to you. I love uh, hot dogs. I I've I've written extensively on AmazingRibs.com about all. I I did a documentary of all of the hot dog styles hmm. from around America because yes. it's really interesting. Every hamburger joint in your neighborhood serves a different style of hamburger, but there is a classic Chicago style hot dog. Ingredients. There is a classic uh, style of a uh, Detroit um, uh, Coney. Red Hot, yeah. uh, uh, or a Cincinnati dog, yeah. or a, um, a New York dog. So regional styles for hot dogs are really definitive, and I've tried to document them all. And they're a lot of fun, and I think it's a fun way to have a party, like a football game. You just grill up or simmer up a bunch of hot dogs. And then you prepare all these different toppings so people can have an Arizona dog or a Dodger dog or whatever. They're, they're, it's a fun idea. All right, next question from Cookout Coach. If you could smoke on any style of pit, which would it be? Yeah, I have one of everything because when I'm testing a recipe, I want to make sure that it works on a Kamado, that it works on a pellet smoker, uh-huh. that it works on a Smoky Mountain, that it can be u- done on a... Uh, a PK360 or a charcoal grill is divided in two zones. So I tried, you know, everything. But I do all my recipe writing based on time and temp from a pellet smoker because you can nail the temperature. You know it's going to hit that temperature and stay really close to it so that I can say to the reader um, uh, X amount of time at y, Y temperature and know that it, that will work. But if I could cook on anything, it would either be pellet smokers. I like the flavor, by the way. A lot of people complain it's not smoky enough, yeah. but I like it delicate. Yep. But to me, the ultimate flavor is still stick burners. Um, and the best barbecue I have ever had, um, uh, Darren Worth uh, from uh, Iowa Smoky D, uh, guest on your show occasionally. Yep. Um, he cooks on a jambo. I've had a number of uh, people's food that are cooked on a jambo. Um, these are stick burners. They are not reverse flow. They're fantastic quality. Um, they require attention. So if you have a stick burner, you need to pay attention. You need to be by its side. You need to watch it. There is a thermostat attachment that I've seen you review. You reviewed it for us, in fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you you know, stick burners need attention. Now, right behind that jambo is the Karubacue. And the Karubacue is phenomenal. I have one, and it makes the best food that I cook. Hmm. It is a stick burner, but you're constantly nursing it. You're constantly adding wood. But the cool thing is, is the wood sits above the cook chamber, the fire is at the bottom of the wood pile, and the smoke is pulled through the fire, hmm. burning off all impurities on its way into the cooking chamber. And it is a novel design, and you get absolutely the cleanest, best-tasting blue smoke you've ever tasted. Wow. The food is phenomenal. Uh, they're not cheap. Um, they're not huge capacity, but they'll hold enough for a big party. Um, but the, 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 
The firebox is very small, and you just got to be sitting there drinking beer, reading a book, or listening to radio, and putting a log on the fire. Hmm. All right. Put a log on the fire. Put a log on the fire. But it is the cleanest burning cooker I've ever cooked on, and I can almost match Darren Worth. All right, last question here before we let you go, Meathead, from BBQ Hunk. What is your favorite piece, thighs or leggies? <laughs> we talking chicken or I don't women? know. I, I, I guess it's chicken. <laughs> God help me. I'm damned to hell after that statement. There goes my chance at the Hall of Fame. Um, I like them both just about equally. Um, I love skin. Um, chicken skin is right behind Ooh. bacon for me. Yeah. Um, so I guess legs. Um, I mean, I just I ordered some wings. I haven't had a uh, a bucket of wings in a long time. But I was just I went to Florida to visit my mom for Mother's Day, and uh, I uh, I had a bucket of wings uh, while I was down there at the hotel. And uh, I love I love the crispy skin. I just love crispy skin. You can find Meathead at the second Tuesday of the month right here on the Barbecue Central Show. You can see him potentially getting into the Barbecue Hall of Fame in 2019, believe it or not, as he has made the nine short list of other names. So we'll see how that fares here over the next couple months. And, of course, you can find him at AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, always appreciate the time and the insight, my friend. Greg, it's always great hanging out with you and the Centralites. Thanks for the good questions out there, folks. And uh, if you got more of them, come on over and paste them on uh, AmazingRibs.com. Thank you very much. Meathead on the Fogo Charcoal Hotline, FogoCharcoal.com. F-O-G-O, by the way, FogoCharcoal.com. And uh, he, uh, believe it or not, so uh, did we discern that Meathead is a leggy guy? I think... Last month, we did discern that he is absolutely a leggy guy, but that had nothing to do with chicken. But this time around, I believe it has to do with chicken, and uh, leggies it is. All right. Let me see here. That. Well, we're all caught up for now. Uh, If you have any questions for Meathead, you can find him at AmazingRibs.com. You can also find him on social media channels. Uh, Again, AmazingRibs.com is the best place to find him and interact. You can also take part in the Pitmasters Club there. I believe you have the option of signing up for 90 days for free. Maybe it's 30 days for free. And you have access to a whole bunch of other hidden things, message boards, access to early release of chapters of his new book that's going to be coming out here in 2021, I believe, or that's the newest push date. And that's the Pitmasters Club. And if you like it, I think it's 24 bucks a year. It's less than 25 bucks for the year. So you have the free trial option then you can extend it out if you want for the balance of the year you have podcasts in there as well i do a weekly podcast exclusively for amazingribs.com so if you're interested in asking meatheads more questions or interacting that's where you go amazingribs.com or you can just hold on to your questions and shoot them over to me the second tuesday of every month and we will get to them sooner or later we still have questions for next time from John Dawson and Doug Scheiding and Frank Blair and Dennis Busso, just to name a few. 
We will step away and recap the first hour as we look to the second. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. We thank Meathead from AmazingRibs.com for joining the last two segments. Did a little bit more Barbecue Hall of Fame talk than I thought we were. I was just looking to tell him he was one of the nine. By the way, if you're just tuning in and you missed the reveal of the nine folks who are in consideration for what will end up being the final three of the Barbecue Hall of Fame for 2019, Aaron Franklin for Franklin Barbecue, Meathead, AmazingRibs.com, Desiree Robinson from Cozy Corner Barbecue, Wayne Monk, the founder of Lexington Barbecue Restaurant. John Big Daddy Bishop, founder of Dreamland Barbecue, CB Stubblefield or Stubbs from Stubbs Barbecue in Texas. Uh, Michael Ray Higgins, partner at JNR Manufacturing, the guys that make Oiler Pits. Jim Quisenberry, who was a competitor back in the day, uh, instrumental in starting Memphis in May out. He has some sauces, jimquisenberry.com. And James Lemon, Lem's Barbecue in Chicago. Known for the rib tips and the hot links. So of those nine, three will be picked. And that will be your class of 2019 for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. So, hey, we'll see how it goes. We will track. We do know, once again, I have been snubbed. How dare you? I mean, is it a surprise or is it a surprise? I'm going to err on the side of it's not a surprise. I know somebody must have put my name. I just want to know how many times my name is in and how quickly it is discarded or eliminated for general attitude. (laughs) Is that how it was told to me last year? Uh, I think you were disqualified for general attitude. Oh, thank you. So we'll see how it goes. 216-220-0111. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. BBQ Honk in the YouTube chat, bringing out the obvious. Greg almost got into the Barbecue Wizard Hall of Fame last year. That is true, but I didn't make it. I was a lot closer to the Barbecue Wizard Hall of Fame than it was to the Barbecue Hall of Fame. The National Bar... What do, we, do we call that the National Barbecue or we just call it the Barbecue Hall of Fame and assume everybody knows what we're talking about? I don't know. All right, we're going to refresh some drinks. We're going to point to the second hour. A visit with Dr. Howard Conyers will be in about 15 to 16 minutes from now. Got some housekeeping stuff, top of the second hour. Your phone calls and emails as I can mix them in. Once again, 216-220-0966. Or the email greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. 
Stick around for the second hour.